Hi, I'm Stacy. I love chatting about how to find our callings, preferably cozied up with steaming beverages in a coffee shop. You can connect with me on social media at Stacy Summerow and subscribe to StacySummerow.com for a free discernment packet called How to Make the Right Choice. God's adventure awaits, my friend, and I am thrilled you're on the journey with me. for joining me for another episode of Called and Caffeinated. And today we're answering a question from Kim who dropped me a note and she said, Dear Stacy, how do I continue to trust when I feel called to the vocation of marriage and I feel like it'll never happen? I'm 41 and single. I don't even know where to look anymore. Many of my friends aren't Catholic, so I don't know anyone who would be single and a match. Also, I have the aspect of being 41 and not being able to have children. So I feel like who'd want a woman like me? Kim. My dear Kim, oh my goodness, I hear your heartache and I hear that desire to find your spouse. And I first just want to validate that it is a really, really tough struggle. It is so hard to trust when we have no idea what God is doing. So I have some thoughts that I hope will bolster you. And I say them all with sensitivity, understanding that your particular struggle is not a struggle that I myself have been through. Uh, So first and foremost, I want to recommend that uh, my podcast interview with Emily Stimson Chapman, she got married at age 41. And in our interview, she really shared deeply on how she spent her single years, how she made the most of them, how she really was happy and what she did when she really wanted to be married. There's a lot of good stuff in there. And I think you'll really like that episode. So I'll be sure to link to it. So I totally validate your struggle, Kim. And also anyone listening who's not super thrilled to be single right now. But I really hope I can challenge you not to stay where you are. So whenever we feel self-pity or we start feeling like a victim, it's only going to make us go backwards. And it's only going to make us unhappy and permeate every situation in our lives that otherwise could have been happy. So I just want to just encourage you to remember that you do have choices. And I do believe that you can love your life right now without anything externally changing. So I have three Three desires for you and I'm going to go through each of those desires and then I have a few action steps that you can take to actually achieve those goals. Um, I'm all about the practicality as you guys know and so first I'll just share my three desires and then the three strategies of how I think you can get there. So first of all my desire is for ultimate hope for you. So God may give you a spouse next year. He may be calling you to spiritual parenthood, maybe to adopt a child, maybe even perpetual singlehood. So your family, like Mother Teresa's, may be as wide as the whole world, or it might be as small as a few biological children or something else entirely. I was blessed to interview Father Mike Schmitz, and he brought up a point that I go back to often in my show. He uh, talked about our three levels of our calls, and he reminded us that our heavenly call is our first and highest and primary call. So vocation is a heavy second. And just remembering that can really help alleviate some of this tension of my life is a failure. I'm a hot mess. I can't find anybody. I'm lonely. Um, And again, not to invalidate any of your struggles, but just the reminder to set your sights even higher than marriage. And remember that God is calling you to himself right now and that your life is only a failure if you don't make it to heaven. So whatever daily decisions you make, you know, whatever vocation you end up in or whether or not you can find someone or find a religious order, that union with God is ultimately the only thing that can truly make you happy. Now, the devil is a liar and he would love to make us think otherwise. If we just look back to Genesis and we see what he did to Adam and Eve, he 
convinced them, he whispered to them that God had something that he was withholding from them. And similarly, whenever there's something that we want that we don't have, the devil is going to insinuate that God is withholding something from us that he owes us. And he's going to try to drive a wedge between us and between God. So I just want to call awareness to the fact that that is a lie. Um, I am definitely not immune to this lie myself. So my daughter, as many of you know, my daughter was suffering in the NICU this year. She underwent four surgeries in less than four months, and she was in the NICU for a total of 126 days. And during those 126 days, I really questioned what in the world God was doing. I could not see any good coming out of it. I became discouraged. I really became depressed. And honestly, there were days that I wish I didn't even believe in God because I he was not giving me relief from the suffering and pain. But in that time, I just kept thinking of St. Peter's words when he said, Lord, to whom else shall we go? You alone have the words of everlasting life. And when I really didn't feel like believing and trusting in the Lord, I still chose to trust. I made it an act of the will, even though it was completely dry, because at the end of the day, I know that God is a truth teller, and I know that the devil is a liar. And so the deepest part of me really knew, even though I didn't know what God was doing in that moment, that the devil's job and his, his mission is to drive a wedge between God and me. And even, you know, some great saints, St. Teresa of Avila really felt this, this, um, desire to separate herself from God when he wasn't giving her what she wanted. There's a story that when she was out um, doing God's work, I believe she was traveling between places and she got splashed all over with mud from a nearby passing carriage. And she said, God, if this is the way you treat your friends, no wonder you have so few. So, you know, even the greatest saints felt this temptation to stray, stray away from God. But what brings us back, what is the antidote is the remembrance that God holds the ultimate truth, that his providence is working things for our good, and that he gives us that ultimate hope in heaven when we don't know what the heck he is doing. So the purpose of our lives is not marriage. Marriage is a vehicle, not the end goal. So I just want you to you know, step into that place of courage and bravery to say, you know, I'm looking on uh, social media, I'm looking around, at the people I know, and it feels like having a spouse is the ultimate goal. But I am choosing to bravely put my trust in God's providence and remember that he loves me. Um, So sometimes it just takes a minute-to-minute, hour-to-hour bravery to just return to that ultimate hope. Uh, And that's not, you know, it's just sort of muscling your way through it. That is not the only component that I want to talk about today. That's only the first hope. So it leads me to our second hope that I have for you. My hope for you is security. So in your note, you wrote to me, I have the added aspect of being 41 and not being able to have children. So I feel a little bit like who would want a woman like me? Sister, it sounds like Satan is totally messing with your head. Sounds like he's doing his best to make you insecure. And I just want to remind you that you are not damaged goods, regardless of whether you ever have physical children or how old you are. I just want you to remember that your worth and your value as a woman are completely separate from your ability to find a a spouse or have a child. Just tattoo that wherever you need to to remember it. Your worth and your value are so completely separate from childbearing and getting married. Maybe write it on a sticky note next to your mirror, whatever you need to do. 
That is the truth that I want you to return to over and over again. And that is the starting place for a deeper security. Because if your purpose is to get married and you're not fulfilling your purpose, well, then that means that there's something wrong with you. And that is a lie. Your purpose is not to get married. Your purpose is to get to heaven. So this deep security really has to start with our relationship with God, uh, which is our primary relationship in our entire lives. It's even more fundamental than our parents. And I want to share as a, a parent myself an insight that came to me earlier this year that I hope will help you maybe rediscover some of that security in your relationship with God. Um, I was sitting by the bedside of my daughter in the NICU. It was January 16th. It was the day she, one of the days that she almost died and she had gone septic. She had a perforation in her bowel and she was literally green and the doctors, uh, were even, they were scared she was going to die. So she was about to be transferred for her first of her four surgeries. And I'm looking at my little daughter in, in the bed and she weighs less than four pounds and she is not a productive member of society. She's tiny and hooked up to all these machines and the light had gone out of her eyes and she was just like this tiny, tiny, skinny little skeleton. And, um, you know, if I'm honest with myself, how many times am I, do I feel that way? How many times do I feel completely vulnerable and weak and, um, insecure? And I'm just always going to need a daddy who's going to come for me, you know? And, um, as I sat there and I looked at my daughter and I was holding her little hand and I just said to her, sweetheart, if you can keep breathing, your daddy and I can't wait to bring you home and to give you everything. And I told her that I loved her and that all that I could see and feel and understand and know for her was love. Didn't matter that she was disabled, weak, green, <laughs> tiny, vulnerable. The love of a parent is just completely unstoppable. And I didn't count the cost for a second when we were uprooted for our, from our home, when I had to make hours and hours of phone calls with health insurance, when I had to drive an hour each way to go see her every single day, when I was um, sleep deprived and exhausted and emotionally spent, I didn't count the cost to myself because all I could know for her was love. And I remember at some point just getting bowled over by the realization that I, who am a, an imperfect parent, if I can love her that way, then how much more can God love you and each of us? He's the ultimate parent prototype, you know, and, and so often we can just get fixated on what am I doing as my worth? You know, what am I doing? What have I contributed? What have I given back? What have I done in my lifetime? And when you look at a spouse and children, and that is, um, it can be really easy to start judging yourself for not having uh, met that, you know, that goal of yours. But really, when God is looking at you, He's not judging you by any externals or accomplishments or meeting your goals or doing anything. He's just loving you, pure and simple, and taking delight in you because you're his beautiful daughter. So I hope that that can just restore a little bit of security. Or if you don't feel that yet, I hope that you are going to be persistent in seeking it. Um, I was 
struggling this with this myself after so long of just feeling like I like <laughs> I had struggled and I thought, you know, I don't know if God really wants me to be happy. Like I don't really know if God wants to be available to me. And the next day when I returned to scripture, of course, the answer was waiting there for me. And in Second Chronicles, it said, rely on the mighty Lord, constantly seek his face. So don't settle for a lesser version of a relationship with God that the devil is telling you that you should have, which is to just get behind him and follow him like a dog. No, seek his face. You're his child. Bring that hurt and that hunger and that vulnerability and that desire to him and let him show you what you mean to him. My third desire for anyone who is single listening to this is for gratitude. Now, gratitude flows out of the first two, which are ultimate hope and security. Gratitude can flow from those places. So definitely you're going to want to work on all three of these in conjunction. But so often, uh, if I'm feeling anxious and I'm sitting in my living room and maybe I've got my computer in front of me and I'm comparing my life to other people's or whatever, the antidote is gratitude. I, If I go outside for a walk and I just look around at the sky and I just realize, wow, there's so much more out there for me than this thing I'm focused on and fixated on that I don't have that I want. And this is certainly yet another tactic of the devil is to get us so fixated on what we don't have that we can no longer have gratitude for what we do have. And I want to encourage you to counteract that in whatever way you need to do. Now, this is nothing new. This is nothing terribly original, but making a list of what you're grateful for, I know that that really helps me. Sometimes I just speak out loud if I'm in the car and I'm driving. I just speak out loud and I talk about out loud to God the things that people have done for me, the ways that God has shown himself to me through people and the amazing miracles that he's worked in my life and my past. And so often when I just start talking about the things that I'm grateful for, the things that I uh, couldn't have orchestrated myself that God has done for me, I one thing leads to another and I start remembering more and more of those things. You just have to get the ball rolling just as you can kind of shrink backwards into self-pity and just keep going down that rabbit hole, you can also move forward in gratitude and it'll become this self-perpetuating thing that that grows and you can get yourself into not only mentally a very different state, but physically a different state as well. I'm open to receiving whatever it is that he wants to give me instead of being in this contracted state waiting for the other shoe to drop. So making a list journaling, just speaking out loud, getting outside, taking a walk and looking around at nature. Those are some very basic ways to begin to cultivate gratitude. And you know, it'll really confuse the devil. He really doesn't know what to do when you're when you're feeling grateful. So those are my three hopes for you. And now I want to share a couple of practical ways that I hope will help you to get there. The first one is to serve others. Anytime I have done something for someone else, I get such a deep satisfaction from that that I can't really even express. Emily Stimson Chapman in her episode on my podcast shared that she would go offer to give her mom friends a break and she would watch their kids for them. And as a young mom myself running around after my three children, oh my goodness, anytime any one of my single friends comes and helps me or says, you know what, I'll take the kids, you go enjoy an afternoon by yourself. Holy cow, what an amazing gift that is to me. So you're in a really cool position where you can do that for people, take full advantage of that, and just run with it. Second of all, don't wait. 
make a list of things that you want to do, regardless of whether you have a husband or not, and do them. And keep bringing your prayers specifically to God while you do that. Like be really bold, ask him for what you want, show him your heart fully and without holding anything back. So be real about the things that you are longing for. But in conjunction with that, don't sit around and wait for anybody. Uh, Going hand in hand, I recommend that um, you, it looks like you might need to go outside of your current circle, your current friend circle in order to, to find a spouse. So I do recommend online dating. I've recommended that so many times on this podcast, partially because Catholic Match has sponsored a bunch of my episodes, but really because I met my husband online and I would not have found him if I hadn't gone on Catholic Match myself. I know a number of people who are 40 plus, 50 plus, even over 60, who've gone out and found a spouse um, from meeting on Catholic Match. And I also encourage you to get out of your current geographical circle. If you decide that you you really want a spouse that much, you might need to look across the country, possibly even internationally. I know people who have gotten married that, uh, who have found their spouse halfway around the world and and it works out beautifully. So don't expect for someone to be in your um, current circle, you know, with just the number of, of people who are Catholic on the decrease, you know, on the decline. Uh, we really have to think creatively and get outside the box um, to find a good Catholic spouse. Another thing I recommend for you is to kick the devil to the curb. Now, I've talked so much in this episode about how the devil is trying to get you down and discourage you and keep you in this place of of uh, moving backwards and self-pity. And so I want you to really be proactive about this one. Anytime that you feel a, a negative train of thought coming, I want you to press pause, surrender that thought to God, hand it up to him and say, God, please save me from this. I can't save myself. And you know what? He's going to be so happy to do that for you. God doesn't want you to stay discouraged. He doesn't want you to stay struggling with confidence. And you should not have to stay that way. Those things are lies. And so I want you to retrain your brain for truth. I want you to rewire it, which is amazing that we were given these brains that we can rewire. So I've talked about that before. I'm going to link to... um, and a previous episode where you can learn more about how to retrain your brain, rewire your brain. I think that will be very valuable and helpful for you. And over time, you will really notice a difference in the way that you think and the way that you think about yourself. Okay, Kim, I hope that helps you. I hope that helps every, every one of my single friends. And I just am so in your corner. I'm praying for you. I love doing these Q&A episodes and I would love to continue doing them. So if you have a question, come on over to stacysummerout.com. There's a link in the show notes and you can subscribe there and you can also drop me a line. I'd love to hear your questions and keep supporting you. So God bless you and thank you so much for tuning in today. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. And I want to just take a quick minute to thank our sponsor for today's episode, which is Catholic Match. Now, if you're a regular listener, you know that this is how I met my husband. Big fan, obviously. Thank you, God. Thank you, Catholic Match, for existing. (laughs) Uh, My husband and I would not be here without that platform. And I've already recommended it on the episode, so I don't know what you're waiting for. If you've never tried online dating, it's definitely the right time. Go on over to catholicmatch.com slash called and caffeinated to start your free profile and start your Catholic love story. Also, follow Catholic Match on Instagram at Catholic Match. Surprise, surprise. And they have great dating advice, great testimonies from the couples who have met on Catholic Match. Excellent encouragement, which I think if you're listening to this episode and this episode was of interest for you, you're really going to love that content. So go ahead on over there and check it out. 
I also want to thank our other episode sponsor today, which is Choose Life Rosaries. Choose Life was begun by the wonderful Shannon Wendt. She's spoken for both of my online conferences that I hosted last year. She's a wonderful woman, and she and her team have put together these beautiful silicone teething rosaries. Honora, my daughter, has one, and she loves it. And I've also downloaded their beautiful free coloring pages um, to help my family as we pray our rosary to help them understand the mysteries of the rosary. They also have beautiful crib shoes. They have gorgeous little dolls. They have beautiful rosary bracelets. There's so much more than just their signature silicone teething rosaries. So you're gonna wanna go on over to chooselife.com and use the code caffeinated10 to get 10% off of your order. It's a great place to do all your Christmas shopping early. So until I see you next time for coffee, may God bless and keep you and stay caffeinated because you are called.